Hey friends! This is Allison and Becky. And you're listening to Two American Peas in a Mexican Podcast. Woohoo! Hey everyone! In today's episode, Allison and I talk about culture shock and our different experiences that we had. And what you don't know is that Allison is basically the queen of culture, all things culture shock. <laughs> so um, you're listening to the right person talk about it. She's going to give us a really detailed explanation about all the different phases of culture shock and talk about her experience. And um, I throw in a few of my experiences with culture shock <laughs> as well. But one thing that was really interesting to us is that we think we're all living through culture shock right now, like global culture shock with our new pandemic culture. And Mm -hmm. you can kind of look back and see the different um, phases of culture shock that we as, oh, everyone in the world, world, as a world, as a world, have gone through. so this is a really interesting episode, and you might even be experiencing culture shock and not know it. That's right. So, so listen up. Yep. Listen in. We hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Allison and I are here, and we're so excited today because we're going to talk about culture shock. And this will be one of our very first podcasts, kind of diving into um, cultural issues that we've experienced. And there have been a lot. Yes. <laughs> we have lots to talk about there, too. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, so we just kind of want to start by talking about what culture shock is. What? Well, we want to tell you what we thought it was before experiencing it. And then um, what our take on it is now after having experienced it. Yeah. So, Allison, what did you... How would you have defined culture shock before living through it in a different country? Well, yeah, I had heard of culture shock and I thought, I always thought it was the way you felt when you were, you know, traveling in a poorer country than Mm -hmm. your own and you saw how people live there. Like in our experience, when we first started coming to this area of Mexico, there were still a decent size of the population that were living like in cardboard shacks. Uh-huh. It's it's a little less true now. Mm-hmm. But that compassion or that empathy or that sympathy or whatever you want to call it that you uh-huh. feel, that's what I thought was culture shock. Uh-huh. Um yeah, almost like a literal shock at yeah. seeing yeah, yeah. how different parts of the world live. Yeah. yeah. Well, I first started my first I don't know um, exposure to it was a little bit different. I first started hearing about culture shock when I was in college, and I think it was kind of around the time when friends started studying abroad or people started having working and having enough money to actually travel during spring break and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Um, and so people started experiencing new cultures, and it to me always seemed like it was like kind of like this romantic idea of you go off to this other culture <laughs> and you're enlightened and you see how a different area of the world lives, and then oh, you then you God. can come home and like teach everybody what you've learned, and this you become this better person because of all these things you experienced in the new culture. So I don't think either one of us were very. Well right. informed. <laughs> no. Not very well informed at all. <laughs> no. Um, and so I think the one other thing I want to talk about before we really dive into this is why is it important to talk about culture shock? Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started on that one. <laughs> 
I just feel like now that my eyes have been opened to what it really is, mm-hmm. and we'll get into that in this episode, um, I I see it all the time everywhere, don't you? Yeah, even not when you're in a new, like what you would consider a new culture. Right, right. I look back and I think when we got, when my husband and I got married, and we were from the same culture, yeah. and we were from very similar subcultures of that culture super Uh similar and yet when we put two families together we had culture shock we lived through it you know yeah um so yeah culture shock is everywhere I've seen it in my life too even when there's some kind of big change like when my daughter was born oh yeah we had to learn it was like our whole the way we did things our culture and our home changed because we had to figure oh, out yeah. how to add in this baby and so we went through a type of culture shock then yeah. any any life changes i think and i, I i'm just going to go to my grave saying that basically what we've been living in 2020 is a cultural shock of, yeah. of sorts. And it, what's really hard about that particular culture shock is that everybody went through it at the same time. Everybody's yeah. going through it still at the same time. Yeah. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit more later on in the episode. But, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, will you tell us, um, Allison is the queen of culture <laughs> shock. Well, there is a reason why I'm the queen. We'll get to that as well. But I wanted to read um, just some definitions so that we can have a starting point. And I'm reading out of one of my favorite books. It's called Survival Kit for Overseas Living. And it's written for Americans planning to live and work abroad. And it's written by a man named L. Robert Coles, K-O-H-L-S. And it just... It's a very simple book. It's mm-hmm. got very short chapters, but it is packed full of just gems that really, really um, tangibly helped me along the process. Mm-hmm. And um, this is how they did uh, describe culture. It's an integrated system of learned behavior patterns that are characteristic of the members of any given society. Culture refers to the total way of life of particular groups of people. It includes everything that a group of people thinks, says, does, and makes. It's systems of attitudes and feelings. Culture is learned and transmitted from generation to generation. So that, I mean, we all kind of have an idea of what culture is. So that's not that hard. But it's basically how we think what we say, what we do, what we make, that it's all fits into a, a system or a scheme within our culture. Uh-huh. Then we go to another culture where they do it differently. And so this is what it says in this book about culture shock. Culture is woven intricately into the very fiber of every member of the group and is a controlling influence in the way people live, think, speak, and behave. When these patterns of culture, which are built into each of us, encounter other and different patterns of culture, as occurs when you go from your own culture group to live in another, for example, Mm -hmm. conflict, dissonance, and disorientation are the almost inevitable result. Hmm. 
which sounds really negative. I think that sounds really negative. If I had read it before I came to live in Mexico, I'd probably said, oh, those negative people, I don't <laughs> want to listen to them. But but it's it's slow moving. It's slow moving and you have conflict and dissonance somewhere under the surface and you don't even, you're not even realizing it yet. Right. Until all of a sudden one day you have some little crisis or maybe a big crisis I don't know and all of a sudden you just think what is wrong the things in my life are not making sense to me right now Mm -hmm. so what would you say now culture shock is for you um now I would say culture shock is two different ideas of how to do things which I mean is basically that's what culture is right colliding and if you're the person in the new culture you're the one who feels that collision, I guess, that kind of crash inside of you. If it's two cultures coming together, like in a marriage, some that can cause um, conflict uh, in the marriage because it's these two ideas of this is the way we do things. This is the way we've always done things. This is the best way to do things. And all of a sudden you realize not everyone in the world does things that way. Oh my gosh, that's just a crazy... That right there captures everything because what I thought when I was growing up is that our family did it right. You Uh know, we were the ones that did it right. And so if you wanted to be right in the world, you did it like our family did it. And so my, really my whole life has been a, a coming to terms with the fact that very good and loving and kind people Uh do things differently. (laughs) Yes. And then, you know, and that, it's okay and it's not it's not hateful and it's not there right. to just make the, your your world terrible. Right. Anything. The world can go on yeah. even if people don't think the way that you think. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big yeah. it's a huge concept. Yeah. How would you will you define it culture shock for us in your own words now after living through it? I would say it is well, I don't know if I can say it any better than you have already said it. I just think it's that that feeling of why aren't things making sense right now? I I like to be funny. I like thrive on being funny. And I think I am kind of funny. You're pretty funny. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I think I'm kind of funny, but when I came down here and I tried to be funny in this culture, it everything just fell flat. Flat, yeah. flat, 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 flat. And I didn't even get a smile. I didn't even get a sympathy laugh. And I I couldn't figure it out. And I just was bewildered. That was just one segment of culture shock for me. But I just remember that lost feeling. Like, first of all, why am I not funny? Mm -hmm. And second of all, if I'm not funny, who am I? You know, it's like there's a kind of a big loss of yourself in it. Uh So... Yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's a definition, but that's what I would say about it. Yeah. No, that's good. Good. That's good. Um, so will you tell us a little bit about what you and Brent experienced um, as far as culture shock goes when you moved from the U.S. to Mexico? Well, <clears throat> I think we were really willing and really excited to come down, but I don't think we were super prepared. Mm-hmm. And that was our fault. Um, I think we didn't know we needed to be prepared 
as as much as we did and we were coming to a place that didn't know that much about it either and so they didn't know to tell us to uh-huh. get more preparation and so we came down and we were so happy 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 and we lived a couple of really hard years but we were happy through them we were so excited to be here and so excited to learn a new language and to get into the Mexican culture and to understand it and to make friends and everything. It was just, we were excited. And then we started the, the hard things about ministry and life started taking more and more and more of a toll on us. And then at one point, all four of us got really, really, really sick. We all got the salmonella typhi which is the precursor to typhoid fever and i think i actually went into typhoid fever before we figured out what was happening to us and you know even that was a a shock to our systems because i thought i thought typhoid had been eradicated from the world i what did i know i lived in a country where typhoid you know didn't show up very much yeah you didn't have to deal with that yeah and so there we were all four of us with typhoid and and really sad and depressed and feeling like maybe we made a mistake in our lives and maybe we needed to go back to the United States and really 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 struggling on lots of different levels we struggled spiritually we struggled emotionally and we struggled physically Mm -hmm. and Um, finally, after about six months of doing different treatments and getting a little bit better and then getting sick again, getting a little better and getting sick again, um, at about the six month point, we finally got healthy again, Mm -hmm. but physically, right? Physically Physically healthy, healthy. but I wasn't better. I personally wasn't better. Uh I went through culture shock so much more profoundly than Brent did. Brent it was always a very kind of easygoing person and just kind of took things in stride. But mm-hmm. I take things to heart. And so, you know, if someone wasn't smiling at me just right, I wanted to know why and what had I done wrong and mm-hmm. how could I fix it. And and uh, and so that made culture shock a, a much harder process yeah. for me. But anyway, after we finally got healthy from typhoid, I realized I was still in a bad place emotionally and spiritually. It was Mm -hmm. affecting my spiritual life, too. And so we had heard about this place in Fresno, California, called Link Care Center. And and I have a paper on it here that says they provide care for the health and growth of the entire person including psychological emotional intellectual familial cultural and spiritual dimensions and it's people that work to help individuals with ministry and work problems marriage and family challenges and personality related issues and we came from the fresno area Mm -hmm. so it was real close to people that could help us house us and stuff so we went to that and we started learning about culture shock Mm -hmm. and that's when I realized that for our first couple of years before we got sick we had been in one phase of the culture shock and then this sickness had been kind of our introduction to another phase of culture shock 
And so that's how we started figuring everything out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I think I want to just point out one thing that you said that is really helpful for people going through it is just to know that people experience culture shock. Everyone experiences culture shock in a different way. Your experience was different than Brent's. Um, yes. My experience was different than yours. Mm-hmm. But just know that we'll, we're going to share about our experiences, but everyone will kind of experience it in a different oh, way. Yeah, and it has to do with, you know, your personality and your intensity and your... Mm-hmm. It's so many things. Yeah, so many and things probably even your with. your emotional and spiritual and physical health when you right. enter into the new culture as well. Right, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, okay, so you're at Link Care and you're learning about what culture shock was. How how did you kind of figure out how did you know what was happening to you while it was happening? Oh no. I mean, we were just like I said, we were happily struggling along for our first couple of years, then we hit this wall uh-huh. and we didn't have any idea what the wall was. I mean we we thought maybe we were having marital problems. We thought maybe it was because we were sick. We just we didn't know what was happening yeah. to us. And then while we were there, they started talking to us about culture shock and what it really is and how it affects us. And I think that's where they started to explain to us this idea that you don't even realize how ingrained... Mm-hmm your way of thinking is into in mm-hmm. you uh-huh. until you come up against someone or something that doesn't accept that or doesn't like that mm-hmm. or doesn't understand that and if you if that happens enough times it causes some kind of a confusion and a pain in you mm-hmm. that you can't figure out and you can't explain and so um when they started seeing things like that, it was like, you know, my eyes just came open. I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, that makes so much sense. Oh, that makes so much sense. And it was like, I was starting to realize how often I felt that I was either offensive to my new culture or misunderstood mm-hmm. by my new culture mm-hmm. or ignored I I mean <clears throat> you came in about you were about 10 years younger than I was when you came to this new culture but by the time I came to this new culture I had been a semi-successful college graduate yeah. m- wife and mother citizen um, member of the church, I knew I knew how to handle myself, and all of a sudden, I found that I was handling things badly, mm-hmm. and that I was not being accepted, and I was not being loved, and I couldn't figure out why. And yeah. as soon as they started explaining how cultures work and how they conflict, and what that conflict can do to our psyche, that's when things finally started falling into place mm-hmm. and that happened started happening at link care center right right okay um i would imagine well from living kind of living at my culture shock experience was different and a big part of it was because i had i reaped the benefits of all of those hard things you went through 
um, when I first moved down, Allison and I did a class together and she kind of walked me and one other girl through the different stages of culture shock and explained this, this is what will happen. This is why it's happening. This is why you're feeling this way. Um, and so I, my experience with it was easier because of you and, and being able to understand what was happening to me. Uh, that makes me so glad. Yeah, it was. It really was. I'm, I'm not grateful that you went through it, but I'm grateful. I guess I am grateful. Yeah, yeah I am too. I am too. It made so much sense of what I had gone through to be able to share it with other people. Yeah, too. absolutely. So will you tell us what the, about the different stages of culture shock? Yeah, it's it's really pretty easy. And if you think about it, you really already know this somewhere down inside of yourself. The first stage is like a honeymoon stage. And it doesn't mean that everything goes well during that stage, but mm-hmm. it does mean that you're generally... Um, you lean toward positive emotions. You mm-hmm. you have a a sense of humor about you. You you think good things about the new culture. You think oh you minimize the differences and you maximize. You exaggerate the mm-hmm. the similarities. Um, I remember saying things during that period like oh, they do this just like us and being all excited that, you know, we had this similarity between Mm -hmm. us. Well, I think my idea of culture shock before I actually knew what it was, was only the honeymoon phase of it. You go to this new culture and you learn and you're enriched and then you go back and teach everybody all these great things that you learned. Well, well, I wish it were that way all the time, right? And my husband used to say that we, you really romanticize things during that phase. Mm -hmm. So like, he said one thing that happened to us was we moved to a house in the city that was on a cobblestone road and he said we both said oh my gosh it's a cobblestone road and we get to live on it isn't that so sweet so quaint it's so old-fashioned and just fun and we were so excited and that's the honeymoon stage that Mm -hmm. describes the honeymoon stage to me Pretty much exactly. Emotions are high. They're not to be trusted because they're high, they're mm-hmm. peaked, and they're um, generally positive. Then you hit somewhere in there the hate stage. And the hate stage is when everything seems bad and everything about the new culture seems wrong. Um, the The similarities between the two cultures are are minimized Mm -hmm. and the differences are exaggerated and in your mind it becomes they become differences that cannot be reconciled Mm -hmm. um i i always think about these two stages as being really typical of marriage you know the honeymoon stage obviously and then when you hit the hate stage you some days you wake up and you think why did I marry this person? Right, yeah, like, I didn't. I didn't know this I about you before we you got married. That who are you? Yes, yes. So, anyway, it, and and the emotions are still peaked. They're mm-hmm. still out of control, but they're they have the tendency toward the negative. Right. And so, in that stage, you don't see the good. You can't see the good. Pretty much, you you become paranoid. You become. You start blaming things. You start um, 
being just tired and frustrated with everything you experience. And my husband said that during that phase, we used to say things like this about our cobblestone road. We'd say, ugh, why don't they just pave the streets? This is ruining the suspension on our car. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And and both of those reactions were about the exact same street. Right. But one was super high emotion in a positive way, and the other was super high emotion in a negative way. Well, then the third stage is finally when things start to settle down, and it's called the acceptance stage. And it's when you can see the good and bad in both cultures. Mm-hmm. You can you adjust to them. You're, you're not as emotionally on fire or intense as you were in the other two stages. But that's a good thing because you're really more stable. You're down here where the stable emotions just kind of flux with the day-to-day things. Um, Brent would say that during that time, we would say about our cobblestone road, okay, this is bad for my car, but I can see how it's better than just having a... a dirt road and mm-hmm. then it turning to a like a slip and slide in the rain you yeah. know yeah and so until they're able to pave these streets it's a good thing we have cobblestone mm-hmm. you roads. can accept the bad and also realize that maybe there is some good in there too right yeah right and it and if you if you talk about it in marriage it's the moment where you say oh okay this person I married isn't perfect and isn't exactly what I thought Mm-hmm. he or she was but now I can cope you know it we're gonna be okay we're gonna work out the things that are different between us and so that's the third stage and then the fourth stage is is called the embrace stage and I don't personally think that I'm probably ever gonna go there you might actually go there because you married into the culture mm-hmm. But I did not marry into the culture, and I live close enough, we live close enough to the border that I often go back to the United States. But people that go into the embrace stage are people who don't go back to their their home culture, their culture of origin very often, and they become more enculturated by their host culture Mm -hmm. and so they just become more of their new culture and less of their old culture and kind of tend to think a little less fondly of the culture of origin Mm -hmm. so I don't think that's going to happen to me but it could happen to you maybe sometime I don't know do you feel like that's happened to you yet um, maybe in some areas we just, well, just like you, I, we live close to the border and my husband, um, is Mexican, definitely come from a Mexican family, but he knows a lot about the American culture. And so we've kind of, our home is kind of a blend of the two cultures. Our family is kind of a blend. So I don't know if I'll ever get to the embrace phase, but maybe in some areas. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like in some areas that's true of me. I certainly feel embracing toward the Mexican culture. I love the Mexican culture, but um, I don't feel completely out of place when I go back to the American culture. Mm -hmm. I still feel, I still have my footing in the United States as well. So um, that's one of the signs, I think, when you feel like you don't have footing in your original culture. Uh Yeah. 
So those um, are the phases. I want to go back and just highlight one of the things that you said about the honeymoon phase and the hate stage. Um, well, you said this for the honeymoon stage, that you, your emotions can't be trusted. And for that, it would be the same for the hate stage. Your emotions oh, yeah. cannot be trusted in the hate stage. And there were a couple of times, that was one thing you said to me when we were doing the culture shock classes that kind of helped me like bring me back down to earth when something small and insignificant would just like set me off in the hate stage and it just didn't make any sense and I would get really angry really quickly and I would say okay is the what is happening this isn't this isn't you this is what those emotions that you're feeling about um the or not being in agreement, not liking something small about the culture. And so your emotions and your emotions right now are not to be trusted. Mm -mm. And that would always kind of bring me back down to earth. So if you're going through any kind of culture shock right now and are in the hate stage or the honeymoon stage, remind yourself these emotions are not to be trusted right now. This thing that I'm feeling so angry about probably wouldn't make me feel this angry in a month, a month from now, or shouldn't make me feel this angry. Right. Also, I think that one of the reasons, one of the reasons why culture shock can be really hard for some people is because either they don't know about it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think like you said, it's better when you know about it ahead of time Mm -hmm. because it doesn't blindside you. Right. But also, it's better when you recognize that you will probably go through it. Because I've also met people who say, no, that won't ever happen to me. The classic person that says that is somebody who's from a, in, in my in my world, mm-hmm. is someone who's from a Hispanic background who's lived in the United States for a long time and thinks that they won't have trouble coming back to Mexico. Hmm. Uh-huh. And they still seem to have trouble. But because they don't think they're going to have trouble and because they think that it's not going to be a problem for them, it kind of blindsides them again. Right. So there's a lot of things like this in in life. But the more humble you can be and the more you can realize that, yes, it can happen to you too and probably does happen mm-hmm. to you. And then you can start to recognize the signs when it is happening. So it was really big of you, I think, when you could say, okay, this really is an out-of-control out of emotion, and now I need to bring it back down to what it should be, you know. Because it takes a little bit of humility to do that. Well, and I wish I would have done that every time. But sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. Well, you had me beat by a long <laughs> shot. I tell this story wrong every time. But I, one of my favorite stories is <clears throat> we had a guy that lived in a little trailer in the ministry we were serving at. And his he had a little bitty um, gas tank that was hooked up to his hot water heater. And one day he went to take a shower and he didn't have any gas, so uh-huh. he didn't have any, any propane. Any- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I do that all the time too. In English, it's propane. In Spanish, it's gas. <laughs> well, we don't know if he had gas. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> 
Okay, propane. <laughs> Sorry, if people. you were wondering, culture what, yeah. shock, culture shock. <laughs> so anyway, he went out. He took his little propane tank out, and he um, went and he hooked it up to the big propane tank, and he knew that he got mad, and he knew that he was in the hate stage, and that he was just fuming mm-hmm. over something that was fixable you know so while he was sitting there um filling his little propane tank he was reading his bible and just you know giving it up to the lord yeah and i just think that's such i just think that's such a success story you know really really to just take it all in stride and do what you can to unpack those emotions and Get through them right so people when i'm talking about culture shock to people they always ask me what were the things about the hate stage that would like set you off or what were the things that that um i don't know made you have a fuming moment in your hate stage what were the some of the things for you that that would just really bother you in the hate stage i remember being i remember having kind of a sense of paranoia hmm. and i was super hyper aware of people looking at us all the time and I don't know if people really do look at us all the time because I definitely don't notice it anymore Mm -hmm. but if they do it's not a big deal I mean it's just kind of like you would glance at somebody who's a little different than you you know Mm -hmm. um but during that time, I just thought, why is everyone staring at me all the time? <laughs> so that was my thing. What about uh-huh. you? Um, I had a couple small things. It was always like the it was always the small kind of more insignificant things that would bother me. It wasn't maybe I was more prepared for like the bigger things that we talk about in culture shock. But it was always the small things. Like I remember one thing that oh my gosh made me so mad was here in Mexico, if the curb is painted yellow in front of a store, that means that that parking spot is specifically for someone going into that store. So you couldn't park there if you were like going to the store next door. You can only park there if you're going to that store. And that used to just make me so mad. I would drive by and see the only parking available was for the store next door to the store I wanted to go to. And it was yellow. And I just, oh my gosh, I don't know how many times I yelled in my car about that those dumb yellow parking spots that I couldn't park in because I wasn't going to that store. That was something. Oh, yeah. And the bathroom door. Did the bathroom door ever bother you? Oh, yes. Leaving, you have to leave the bathroom door closed, closed. all the time in Mexico. Yeah, well, when it's not in use. When it, <laughs> we close the door in the States well, when we're yes. using it. But, <laughs> so all the time, but yes. all the time. But yeah, all the time. So you would like walk out of the bathroom and then close the door behind you. But if you were waiting for the bathroom, you would never know if it was occupied or not because the door was always closed yeah that for some reason just really did that make to that start to make sense to you when you came around to the other kind of I mean I could understand why why they closed it I would in my home I would always I leave it open right um, I don't do I don't close it all the time but I understand and it doesn't make me mad anymore I've got and I got braver and would just go knock on the door yeah yeah see that's that's perfect, um, that third stage where you just start to, you manage your emotions differently, yeah. you know? Yeah. I got and, braver and I started to knock on the door. And one thing I learned to do too was when I'm in 
somebody else's home or even at a restaurant, I always close the door behind me, not because I think that's what I, the, not because I want to do that, but because I know that that's what they do. And so, and I, in the hate stage, I would not do that in the hate stage. I would purposely leave it open <laughs> so that everybody else around me would realize how dumb it was that they always closed it. I love you. <laughs> but then I learned, you know, I learned and now I grew and now I, um, try to remember to close the bathroom door. I know one of the things during my hate stage was driving and just the di- differences between driving in our two cultures and how terrible I thought people drove here in this country. <clears throat> and there was there were just a couple of things that just used to tip me off. <laughs> and I rem- I was it would became so problematic that when the pastor would preach about a sin that you have that you just keep coming back to and coming back to and beca- I always knew that it was me inside my car with road rage <laughs> you know so I okay lord please please f- help me deal with this so I started when I got mad about those type things I started to instead of saying to people you dummy, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> I started saying, inside my car, really basically to myself, I started saying, God bless you. But I mean, <laughs> I could say God bless you as if it were the curse of the universe because, it, but my kids to this day will yell at people that do things wrong in traffic. They'll yell, God bless you <laughs> because of my whole phase with that. That was funny. Oh, that's great. So one thing that we talked about um a lot when we were doing that study was mm-hmm. it's not wrong it's just different oh, tell yeah. me tell me how what relationship you have with that saying i still say that to myself maybe on a daily basis is that it's not wrong it's just different that if you see someone doing something differently than you're doing it that doesn't mean they're doing it wrong it just means that there's more than one way of doing it that for some reason the example that's popping into my head I think is maybe both cultural and a little bit of marriage culture shock in there too is that when we first got when Hans and I first got married he would spread whatever butter jelly whatever he was spreading on his bread he would do it with a spoon (laughs) what right but I've seen so since then I started noticing and I've seen other people do that too I don't know maybe that's just something in his family but I thought that was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. Why would you spread stuff with a spoon? Um, and for some reason, that was just something that I would notice. And it would just make... I don't know if I ever actually said anything to him about it. But it would just kind of make me mad. Um, and I would always be really... Make a show of grabbing my knife to spread whatever I was spreading. But just kind of learning to say, okay, so he wants to spread it with a spoon what's the big deal what's the big deal why does why do things have to be spread with a knife maybe maybe a spoon is better it's not wrong my way isn't better it's just two different ways of doing things right right oh my gosh so many stories come to mind about that if we could just learn that one thing in life you know oh my gosh if it's even yeah across the board yeah it's not wrong it's just different yeah um Okay, so once you went through culture shock, once were you done with it? Is it still something that you're dealing with after having lived in Mexico? How many years? 26? Uh, 27. 27 years in a different uh, culture. Yes, 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 yes. I, 
I think you go oh I think you go through it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. I think you go through it again and again and again without even changing cultures, you know? Yeah. Like like you said, when you get married, when you have babies, when things change in your life. Yeah. When when my husband died, I went through a new kind of adjustment period, which is something like culture shock. Uh-huh. Um and so yeah, I think I do keep on going through it. How about you? Yeah, I think so too. I well, I think like I said earlier, every time there's some kind of life change, um, it it still even sometimes catches me off guard. I'll have to think like all of a sudden one day I'll think, why am I so grumpy or why are these things making me so mad? And it'll hit me. Well, you're probably going through culture shock because of this or because of whatever whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think maybe not as extreme. As when I first moved down, I don't experience experience no. it as extreme as when I first moved down, but I definitely think that I go through it, yeah, over and over again, yeah. Two, I think it's important to note that not I don't think everybody. I went through it in a real textbook format. I had mm-hmm. a honeymoon stage, a hate stage, an acceptance stage, and an embrace stage. I was textbook, but. Other people have said that they didn't go through it like the, I went through it. Mm-hmm. And some people had really hard situations right up front and then went through kind of a honeymoon stage and then went into a hate stage. So mm-hmm. it, it, it really is flexible. It's not written in stone anywhere. It's just that it's good to realize that... When everything seems too good to be true, it probably really isn't. <laughs> and when everything seems too bad to be true, it probably, probably really isn't. isn't. Yeah. And it's somewhere right in the middle. And we will land there someday and it will be okay. Right. And um, something that was, re- like I said, was really helpful to me was knowing about culture shock as I was going through it. And um, it didn't make it go away. It didn't like all of a sudden cure me of it. Um, but it did make it a lot easier. And so our hope is that if someone out there is going through some kind of culture shock, that this is helpful information and that um, you know you're not alone. That was also another thing that was really helpful for me is all of a sudden I didn't understand all these emotions that I was having. Why was I getting so angry about the curbs painted yellow? Why is spreading things with a spoon such a big deal to me? Um, but you're not alone in feeling those when you f- have moments where you feel like you might be going crazy you're not and you're not the only one who's ever felt that way yeah and at the risk of opening up a whole can of worms I would say that you know in general people are going through culture shock with this pandemic yeah and the beginning of it people were it it was never great it was never like oh this is a honeymoon we're in but it was we were more positive thinking in and the it was beginning. almost kind of nice to have a really good reason to stay home in your jammies all day long right right and and we were trying to come up with really creative ways to deal with our issues yeah. you know and we were happy to find them and we were applauding other people that were doing things and then all of a sudden we switched and mm-hmm. we started getting complaining and we started pointing fingers and being angry with people who didn't think like we did and and that I feel like is probably still going on today. So I think uh-huh. as a general rule, the people that are in our two closer cultures, the yeah. American and the Mexican cultures, yeah. I think they're probably still all, we're still all in the hate stage and haven't moved on to the acceptance stage yet. 
hopefully the acceptance stage will also usher in the new stage of being mostly all the way through it yeah Yeah. kind of starting to get to go back to normal but if we don't get there anytime soon it's a good thing to remember in this pandemic that you know our emotions are going crazy right now yeah calm down a new day is coming and and we'll make it there it's gonna be okay yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um I didn't had never thought of this but just as you were saying that I remembered that we did a youth we my Hans and I did two different on virtual youth camps. One was in the spring, weeks after everything shut down. And that was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. We love virtual youth camp. We should do this more often. That was everybody's response to it. And then several months later in the summertime in August, we did another one. And that one was like, wait, seriously, another one? Are you kidding? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you doing this? Oh. But now that looking back on it, it was, that was the honeymoon phase versus the hate stage of our, our new pandemic culture. Yeah, for sure. So my, my personal desire in, in the pandemic has been to just n- not let my emotions get away from me. Yeah. You know, try and be a calming influence to the people around me and not a stir upper. (laughs) Yeah. And if someone, I mean, we're all having to deal with this pandemic in a different way. And if someone is dealing with it a different way than you are, um, it's different. It's just different. It's Mm -hmm. okay for someone to deal with things in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're really good at that, by the way. Oh, thank you. You're really good at letting other people be other people. That's pretty. That's a pretty good quality. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Okay, friends. Well, I think. Do you have anything else you want to add about culture shock? No, but it makes me really excited to say our tagline this time. Yes, <laughs> say it. You should do it. Okay, love crosses cultures. Does it make sense? It just makes sense. Love crosses cultures. Love crosses cultures. and culture shock and culture shock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, have a good Friday if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out. And um, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. If you liked what you listened to, please subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram at two American Peas in a Mexican Pod. Look for a new podcast to release every other Friday. And remember, love crosses cultures.